Also, views and opinions expressed by Edwin are Edwin and Edwin's only, all right? Not of his sponsors, employers, baby mama, anybody he went to school with, anybody he owed money to. With that being said, enjoy the video. What is going on, everyone? Edwin Pagan here. Thanks for joining me on the Word on the Road podcast, your weekly technology care package. I am your host, Edwin Pagan. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, appreciate you listening. Uh, this is a weekly technology podcast I do where I take three articles that I find on the internet, usually tech-related. I give you my analysis, I break them down, and I send you on your way, hopefully more intelligent, more informed about the technology world. Um, but most importantly, I just like to share the articles uh, and, and information that I find important on the internet. So with that being said, I am reporting live from the great city of Orlando in the great state of Florida, where apparently the weather is bipolar. It's, it's like rainy. At, it's rainy one day not even one day it's rainy like for 40 minutes and then it's like cold as hell and then it's hot as hell you don't even know how to dress anymore so um with that being said man i appreciate everyone who's been listening to the podcast i appreciate the feedback i've been getting and i'm having a great time doing these um so with that being said man let's just talk a little about about how the week's been going for me man uh, i had a great weekend I uh, spent it with the family, spent it with my son. Shout out to everyone who's, uh, who uh, checked out the, uh, the game stream I had on YouTube. So me and my son, uh, uh, we stream on, on, on YouTube from time to time, on uh, games, Roblox particularly, uh, mainly because I took over the kid's room. All right? This kid had his room. Um, I have him on the weekends, and so uh, his room is pretty much empty most of the time. So I turned his room into like a mini office, but the, the trade-off is I told him we can start streaming. And so he's obsessed with streaming and watching streamers. So what better way to get the kid into technology? technology get him into making his own content and uh, turn his room to a streaming room so um we have a lot of fun doing the whole roblox thing man it's, it's interesting like how back in the days you'd be creeped out about like going on camera and like having a chat open and now we're just like doing it normally so had a lot of fun doing that we went out into orlando had a great time there we were riding the scooters together and all that so it's a good time in orlando man it's, it's great it's great when the weather's cold though bro i love it especially during the day because in florida when it gets cold, it's like the sun is still out, you know what I'm saying? And so it's like a warm, but then the coldness, and it's just like, I don't know, bro. I love it. I love it. I hate that I can't complain, though, about coldness, bro. Like, I complain about, yo, like, on Facebook, I'll be like, it's cold as hell in Florida. I'll be like, it's 60 degrees. I'm like, my, my what do you call it, my up north family and the people from up north are like, you think that's cold, bro? It's negative 45 degrees here, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, bro, you, you made that decision to live up north. It's not me. Why why I gotta be why I gotta be the one who's the bad guy here, man, you know? But uh, with that being said, man, um, everything is good, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to this week. Uh, I have a lot of stuff that I'm gonna be releasing um, on my channel from reaction videos to tutorials. Um, so really excited about what the week has on, 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 um, in store for us. And hopefully, Hopefully, just a hint of some of the stuff I'm working on. Hopefully, I might be doing more live streaming. I want to incorporate like live streaming and like technical support. So I figured a way to brush up my skills is just do like a live one hour uh, stream every day, answer people's tech questions that I can answer. That'll keep me sharp um, and hopefully build the build the channel up as well. So um, that's about all that's going on in my world, bro. Like, uh, listen, simple life, bro. I got a wife. Simple life now. You know, all I do is just work out hang out with her uh and, and do this so with that being said man i got some interesting stories this uh this uh, on this episode i never like to get political i'm sorry i never like to get political but there will be one slightly political article in this in this in this uh in this episode and you know and i promise you i will steer as clear away from these type of topics as possible but we'll save that story uh for some time uh during this episode i don't know if i want to do it first but 
Without further ado, everyone, I'm gonna go ahead and jump into the stories now. Um, of course, remember that the stories that I talk about will be in the description uh, of the podcast. So if you're on YouTube, it's in the description. If you're on, on the audio podcast, it's in the description of the podcast. It, it's somewhere there. I promise you it will be there. So with that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the first article coming from the fine folks at, uh, where is this from? BuzzFeed, man. BuzzFeed is talking about, uh, so this is a really interesting article about Clearview's uh, facial recognition app that has been used by the Justice Department, ICE, Macy's, Walmart, and the NBA. So, um, Let's let's kind of dive into this for a little bit and kind of give everyone a, like an overview of uh, uh, overview or bro science version of what facial recognition has to offer. So, uh, facial recognition is a, is a very interesting technology um, because you know as someone who works in IT, as someone who's worked at a lot of major companies, um, uh, I've had I've got to see behind the curtain. I, you know what I tell people is like when you work IT. You like the DMV, bro. You meet everyone. You will interact with, you have some point will meet everyone, you know, which isn't normal in most positions at a company. You know, if you work in accounting, you, you know, you straight up, you, uh, you hang out with the accounting people. Uh, if you work in finance, whatever, whatever, right? So with IT, we're offered that, like, that luxury of like, yo, we meet everyone. And so I remember working at this particular company. I'm going to keep the name, um, you know, separate. But um, I realized that, like, I was walk- I was talking to some of the security folks, like, the actual, like, security people. And they're like, oh, for sure, we got uh, facial recognition here. I'm like, what? And this is 2011. They're like, yeah, we have facial recognition. If we trespass someone, if we do this or that, this and that, our facial recognition technology can spot them and alert us that they're there. And I'm like, it's 2011 and you have facial recognition. And so Clearview um, is a company that does facial recognition. So they provide software that allows companies to do facial recognition uh, at a larger form or in a, in a more um, corporate environment. Uh, and so they're the pioneer of this. And so what facial recognition typically is used for in these type of industries is usually just to monitor people um, and give security alerts. So if let's say you work at Walmart and you trespass an employee uh, or you trespass a, a customer by having their picture on file, the facial recognition software and cameras can identify the customer if they come into the store and uh if they uh and if if they've been trespassed and so it's very interesting because there's so much regulation that's coming into play especially in today's climate about like you know the, the powers of ai and the powers of facial recognition and how are we allowing companies to use this and clearview seems to be the company that's pioneering um who's getting all these contracts for facial recognition they've really made the uh the the technology um uh, as uh, efficient as it is now, and one of the things about Clearview that's really interesting is that um, it also scrapes social media uh, websites as well. So it's going through Twitter, it's going through Instagram, Facebook, collecting photos, and then updating it to their database to kind of build a digital fingerprint on you. And so, just like your fingerprint, your facial recognition or your face, your facial structure uh, has unique identifying characteristics that a computer can map and then just simply look at your picture and be like, yep, that's Edwin and match you to your social media and things like that. So um, what the article really kind of uh, talks about is that is the fact that like at what point are we going to start regulating what these companies have uh, have uh, are, are able to do with this data? Um, is this ethical? You know, is it okay for a company to uh, be able to take fingerprints or pictures of you without your consent? So it really toys this this um, it really totes with this like interesting era in time that we're in because pardon me. Um, I remember the movie Minority Report. If you've ever seen the movie Minority Report, 
in the way that like uh it's a tom cruise movie if you haven't seen it it's a movie where like they live in the future and they have the ability to predict crime so they can predict a crime that hasn't occurred yet and arrest you before you even committed the crime so you're being convicted for a crime you haven't even committed right and in the movie uh one of the police officers tom cruise ends up being accused of a crime or being accused that he might commit a crime and the movie kind of revolves around that you know in the sense of like can you be tried for a crime you haven't even committed um and so my issue with facial recognition software is that like at a certain point it has the potential to be abused um a good example of this is just basically how red light cameras are, are, are um, you know, red light cameras, you know, re the way red light cameras are set up in cities where they're everywhere and police no longer have to do, uh, you know, policing. They're just, you know, writing tickets based on the cameras. Um, you know, there's been incidents where the cameras have been timed to, you know, be more likely to cause someone to run the red light and then catch them like that. And so there's always a potential for abuse. And that's my issue with facial recognition is that there is always a potential for abuse, especially with these companies. And there's a part of me that's just like, you know, I think it's unethical that if I walk into a Best Buy or a company that has facial recognition software, if these companies are all linked up together, the way Clearview is doing, the way Clearview is working with Justice Department, the way it's working with Walmart, does that mean that they're able to basically say, hey, if Edwin walks into the store, we're able to run a scan on him immediately, see if he has any active warrants, see if he has an active whatever, whatever, and notify the proper authorities. And so it's almost in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, it's almost in a sense of like, yo, like we're constantly being watched, monitored, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And so definitely there needs to be some type of regulation in place and, and regulation in, in place now as far as what these companies can do. Because, um, yeah, man, we start we start going down this road. I've talked about it on this podcast before, but we start going down this road where we're constantly policing, constantly policing. Eventually, we're going to police ourselves out of existence. And so... Um, Although there's benefits of facial recognition, I think there's a, 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 an inherent or apparent risk um, with companies like this. So uh, definitely check out the article, BuzzFeed News. It'll be uh, in the description below. But with that being said, we're going to jump into the next article um, because I don't want this to get too political. But so I'll just jump on it now, um, which is it's coming from the fine folks at Politico, which is Facebook friends. How close are Mark Zuckerberg and Pete Buttigieg? Buttigieg. I don't know. Listen. I'm not very political. I really am not. Um, but this article basically is talking about, you know, CEO Mark Zuckerberg and the, uh, uh, you know, at the time presidential candidate um, uh, Pete Buttigieg. And so what's really interesting about the article is that, like, the fear that Silicon Valley and a lot of politicians have now uh, about how Mark Zuckerberg and the relationship that Facebook has with politicians. Um, and this this really tells a very interesting line um, of, you know, uh, because I feel like, you know, Especially with the election that just passed, um, you know, I, I often ask myself, you know, if if Donald Trump would have not won the election, if Hillary Clinton would have won the election, would we have the same concerns we have about uh, Facebook, you know, because I feel that like after Trump won, we were looking for someone to blame and Facebook kind of became that target to blame. It says, hey, Facebook interfered with an election, Facebook this, this, this and that. And so when facebook has a relationship with a candidate it automatically becomes a thing where it's like well if facebook has a relationship with this candidate and they also own facebook can they somehow influence people in our social networks to vote for one particular candidate you know that's the fear that they have but in the same sense because the article and again i definitely say check out the article but the article really talks about the capabilities of Facebook and data analytics and how it can help politicians win. But a lot of this I ask myself is, 
okay, well, are we mad that the that Facebook is working one with one particular candidate, or is it just something that like like you're just mad because you don't understand the technology, or you're looking for someone to blame? Um, because in in the same respect, um, I, I look at it from the sense of like we're living in a time where yeah we have information about everyone we have all this information but all these technologies all these data analytics all these insights that facebook offers is available to all the candidates and all the candidates have the ability to reach out to their potential voter base the people who want to vote for them they have the ability to do that if they if is it their fault that they haven't adapted to it you know what i mean like meaning meaning is door-to-door sales more efficient today versus going on linkedin and you know messaging people directly going on instagram and messaging people directly reaching out to your community and i think that a lot of the newer candidates understand that and they're using social media for that whereas the other older candidates they're pretty much saying no facebook is cheating no facebook is doing that because they yet they have yet to adapt to that technology because I think you know Facebook can influence people in one way, but I think Facebook does a very good job of delivering targeted information. At a certain point, as adults, we have to be able to distinguish what's fake news versus what's reality, um, what's a meme versus what's a real picture. Um, but I grew up in, a, in an era where we all assumed that what you read on the internet is uh, is take it with a grain of salt. It's like, yo, you, uh, where'd you where'd you learn that from? Uh, the internet? Oh, well, that explains why. You didn't learn it in a book. You didn't learn it at the library. You learn it on the internet. So this assumption we have now that we're trying to filter the internet, that we're trying to say, hey, you know, Facebook needs to regulate what content they're putting out there. At that point, you're in, in my opinion, you're interfering with free speech. I think that it's an ecosystem. And so we should be able to put out whatever we want. And us as a collectively as a people and as users of the social network can root this stuff out and say, hey, guys, this is fake. And kind of just basically act as a as the police for ourselves police ourselves and, and keep this stuff um uh and keep this this network clean in that sense um and so you like it's weird that the government is really trying to interfere with what facebook does now not to say that facebook doesn't need regulations but in that same respect you know when you start going into things like you know why is fart mark zuckerberg talking to this guy you know should he be able to talk to politicians there's not a single politician out here i believe who wouldn't want support from Facebook, who wouldn't want assistance for Facebook, who wouldn't want to use Facebook's assistance uh, or, or data and tools that they have available. There's no single candidate because they're all in the business of winning. And so in that respect, I feel like they're, they hate Facebook, but they also need Facebook. It's, it's such a weird, it's such a weird relationship that they have um, with, with social networks. And so um, I definitely say, go check out this article. I, I didn't want to hover or talk about too much about this, but I definitely think that you know we're we're in such a we're in such a young stage of what it means to be online and to be a connected world. You know, um, we truly are. We're still in the early infancies, uh, in the early stages of it, and so I think that we do need to have that conversation about regulation. But at the same time, it's very weird to think, and it's very silly in my opinion to think that you know Facebook, you know. So it's it, it and this is just me thinking, just talk, speaking out loud. But in my opinion, it's very very silly to think that Russia hacked into Facebook or created a bunch of fake accounts that brainwashed millions of people into becoming racist and into voting for Trump. I think to say that that's how Facebook hacked our election and interfered with the election, 
is a silly conversation to have because there were Trump supporters before Facebook uh, and there will be Trump supporters after Facebook. And at the end of the day, you know, I, I just think that like it's if we go down this route of saying, hey, these companies did X, Y, Z when we don't really understand technology, we're going to go down a really uh, interesting road that's going to, in my opinion, halt the progression of technology and prevent these companies from really uh, becoming what they are. So, um, but maybe, maybe I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. But with that being said, definitely check out, check out that article. It is on political. Very, very interesting article. I did a terrible job of explaining it right now, but um, definitely check that article out. So with that being said, and just to close things out, man, um, and of course, I want to say everyone, of course, if you're still listening, make sure you're subscribed, blah, 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 blah. We're going to get up into the last article of the day uh, and then send you on your way. And this is coming from the fine, fine folks at Wired Magazine, uh, which is uh, Silicon Valley. Uh, this is a, just a piece, um, but it talks about uh, Silicon Valley ruined the work culture. Why does every damn place, even old school corporate offices, have to be fun and full of foosball? Now, very, very interesting article. Um, it's an article that I could definitely relate to as someone who has, uh, you know, I've been working in IT um, since I was 17 years old. Um, and I've been working Fortune 500 companies since I was like 19. So I've had the luxury of like, I've been blessed with being able to get really good jobs. So I'm working for, working for Dell, working for Universal, XYZ. Um, and all these companies I've seen, um, I've worked for companies that had one culture and then I had worked for companies that had different cultures and what I've noticed now is that like the startup culture is now becoming the, the standard for corporate cultures and this article kind of talks about that it's like you know we, we went from having cubicles to having open seating we went from having break rooms to having game rooms you know we went from having offices that just served coffee to now having offices that serve xyz and a lot of people say you know you know why why is every company taking on this approach and I love it. You know, I love that there's people out there who are like, I miss, I miss the days where work sucked. Um, you know, I could tell you that like a lot of companies are catching on to the idea that like um, it's called trickle down economics. I think, I think someone told me about this, but you know, happy employees means happy customers. You know, when your employees want to be at work, it becomes a thing where it's like, it, it shows in the work and the quality of work and the way they talk to customers. You know, if you treat your employees like crap, you expect them to treat the customers any better. Um, and so what this company what, or what this article talks about is how the corporate office has really just changed to like now everyone dresses casual. And to me, I really think that like we have to look at it from the standpoint of like what what do you need? I think you got to look at it from the standpoint of a couple things here, right? First things first, it's like I'm a firm believer in like like if I'm comfortable, like if I feel comfortable at work, if, if my chair is comfortable, if I'm dressed comfortably, the, my best work is going to come out. You know, if, uh, if you give me the tools in order for me to do my job, I'm going to give you the best possible product. And I think a lot of Silicon Valley companies have caught on to that and a lot of corporate companies have caught on to that it's like what is the cost of happy employees versus firing and hiring you know and what i realized and i think what a lot of companies have realized is like there's more money in making your employees happy there's more uh you know value in making your employees happy than there is in just like giving them whatever you know what type of talent are you going to attract 
You know, I think we're past this point of like, you know, people just want a job, people just want income. No, people want jobs where they're going to be happy at. And when you design an office that is is not only a fun place to be at, um, but, you know, is a relaxing place. It shows that you care about your employees. Um, you give your employees resources that they need, not just pen and paper, not just whatever, but things to make them happy. They, in turn, want to work harder for you. You know, when when you know one of my, my last job i worked crazy hours for no reason um a lot of it was just me studying i'd spend like i'd get off at work at 4 30 and i would study i'd be at the office till 8 studying and a lot of it had to do with the fact that the office was set up in a way where it was like good coffee they had relaxing rooms they had open seating they had spaces where i can like get a view get my mind disconnect um xyz and so it became a thing where it's like i can get more work done here than i can get at the house i can you know i want to be here i, I feel like this is the place i want to be at that i can get you know a lot more done because of the environment and so a lot of that um i think a lot of that um has to do with the fact that like you know the environment was set up the way it was and so um there is people who are opposed to it there's people who say you know i don't want to work at a company that has this type of seating i want i don't want to work at a company that's all buttoned up and uh, that's not buttoned up and it isn't extremely professional and that's people's choices and that's what i tell people all the time when it comes to like finding an employer um you know find a company that you like to work for you know if exactly what you like to work for you know like do you like to do you like to dress up then work for a company like that you know there's a lot of there's a lot a lot of um i've had conversations with managers before about like um them interviewing candidates who are extremely intelligent you know these guys are intelligent they have the, the skill set to do the job they have you know they're talented programmers etc but the issue that they have is that like they're not a right fit for the culture there meaning everyone at the office is a certain type of way they like to play these games they have a certain type of sense of humor and this person is very tidied up they're very suited up they're very like um firm they don't joke around and it's like we don't feel that you're a right fit for this culture uh, of this company and that's perfectly fine and i tell people that too it's like yo that let it not be uh you know it's it's okay for you to say I, I i like this company but it's not the right culture for me um and so what i think a lot of, a lot of silicon valley and a lot of corporate companies are doing is just that they're trying to attract talent that um you know not only is good but to talent that's going to fit into the culture that they have and the culture of being that you know it's 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 more relaxed and i think that if you look at the numbers you you can't lose money if your employees are happy if like what is the cost versus not doing it versus doing it like if if your dress code changed at your office from super business to to, uh, to business casual what impact would that have on the overall production of the company? Would the would the would the prodi the quality of the product go down or up? You know, and I think you will find that it's there's no effect on it. You know, if people can dress casually and be comfortable in the office, um, are they going to just stop working less? You know, are they going to work less harder? I mean, um, so if anybody complains about it, I think it's just a weird complaint. But again, I'm doing terrible jobs of butchering these articles. <laughs> But this is definitely a great uh, article to check out. It's on Wired Magazine. It's how Silicon Valley ruined uh, work culture. Um, my last take on it is this, man. I, I just say, hey, listen, um, 
you have a choice, you know, um, but I think all companies are doing, uh, are, are slowly but surely catching on to Silicon Valley because it's like, it's hard to ignore advice if a company has made billions of dollars and millions of dollars and they've been open less, uh, and, le- uh, and they've been open for less than you, right? Unless they've been open for a lesser period of time than you. And so, um, yeah, I mean, to me, even in my personal life, I look at successful people i look at people who've had you know success in certain arenas and i look at how they did it and what advice they have and how you know what tactics they had and how they you know ran the business etc and i look for them uh to advice and kind of to mimic that quality um and it's it's just it shouldn't be a surprise that like you know major companies are saying hey let's see how facebook became so successful oh, they did this. Well, maybe we should copy that in our environment. So with that being said, it's Monday morning um, and I'm feeling good. And that concludes this week's episode or this Monday episode of the Word on the Road podcast. Now, the Word on the Road podcast is done every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. It can be find on, found on iTunes, YouTube, etc. Um, but of course, if you like this episode, feel free to leave a comment, like, subscribe, turn on notifications so you can be notified when I'm streaming and when I'm dropping new uh, a new episode. Um, but with that being said, I appreciate everyone listening to the podcast. Please, 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 please leave me some feedback. It lets me know what I could do right, what I can fix. But with that being said, uh, this has been the Word on the Road podcast. My name is Edwin Pagan. Thank you for listening. And until next time, take care, everyone. Peace. Max, what are you doing? Watching my dad's channel. You're watching your dad's YouTube channel?